You're listening to Preaching Source, a ministry of Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary's School of Preaching. I'm your host, Professor Barry McCarty. Our guest on Preaching Source today is Brad Whit. He's the pastor of the historic Abilene Baptist Church in Augusta, Georgia. And uh, he's going to talk to us today about preaching and leading the church. And he has a great background for that, 20 years of experience in pastoral ministry. Uh, but also, he has uh, been one of those pastors that has continued his education uh, and is always learning. In fact, right now, he's uh, in our Ph.D. program in preaching here at Southwestern. Uh, Brad, welcome. We're glad to have you in Preaching Source. Glad to be back, Doc. So honored to be back on campus, too. All right. We, we've talked about, I mean, I, I thought about it just now with you. You bring both experience and education to bear in leading and feeding the church. Uh, which of those is more valuable? You know, I think what you would say is that educated experience Ooh, is most helpful. Like uh, you, you always want to be learning. You want to be growing and being equipped, learning, being a sponge, soaking up as much as you can, always reading you know, we often hear, you know, readers are leaders, leaders are readers, always seeking to learn. But there's a certain learning that comes outside the classroom, experience. Uh, and so always seeking to learn and put into practice what you learn in the classroom, putting into the real world practice in the local church. Uh, one of the things that every pastor who leads has to deal with is criticism. We've had some conversations about how to handle criticism. Give us some helpful ideas. How does a pastor handle the criticism that every pastor gets? Well, I'll be honest. If if you are looking for a, it's not a, not a great word, but a profession. We're not professionals, brothers, but uh, we are uh, to be professional in how we handle things. But you're, if you're looking for somewhere where you're not going to get criticized, don't be a pastor. Uh, you are never going to make everybody happy. And uh, this is one of those places where education, yes, but experience can really come in uh, handy in that you've been in situations before. I, again, I've been a pastor since 96 and grew up in a pastor's home. And so I, I've seen a lot of the criticisms. And so sometimes it, it's, a, it's a familiar criticism. Uh, you didn't come see me, you didn't call, you forgot this or the other. We're, we're humans. Uh, people often forget that pastors put their trousers on just like everybody else, one leg at a time. We're not omnipotent, we're certainly not omniscient. And uh, if I always tell my folks, like in regards to hospital visits, which is one of those places where you get criticized a lot, if we don't know, we're not going to go. Uh, and so when you are criticized, one of the things to do is to take a step back. Nobody likes to be criticized. It hurts. Uh, it hurts even those who are not soft and mushy uh, like myself. We're, we, we, you can, it hurts your feelings. Somebody says something that you didn't handle something correctly. You did something wrong. It hurts your feelings. And so the first step is to just take a step back and just, all right, did I do this? Did I make a mistake? Because we're not infallible. We can make mistakes. And if you did make a mistake, own it. Learn from it. Admit it. I've learned in local churches, one of the best things to learn how to say is I'm sorry. Uh, and it goes a long way. People will forgive you for a lot of things. And if you'll just say, I'm sorry, I, I didn't mean to do that. I, 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 and so learn from it. Now, you're going to find that as a pastor, the negative voices are always louder than your supportive voices. 
And so when you face criticism, you're leading out the vision God's given you, and all of a sudden you start to get some criticism. Again, learn where it's coming from. Really try to figure out how big is it, because they sound louder than they always, than they always are. And whenever they say there's 300 of us that are leaving, it's probably three. Uh, and, and so step back, take a, get a view over it, and then pray. Pray and ask the Lord, what should I do? How should I handle this? And then if it has to do with the vision that, that he's given you and you've not done anything immoral, unethical, unbiblical, uh, keep pushing forward. Uh, and what you'll find often is, again, that the, the, the negative voices, the naysayers, the critics, they're always louder. But you'll find that there is a large multitude of supportive people who are back there, and if you'll just be you know, humble, and if you will just be the leader that God's called you to be, most of the time they'll follow. Mm. All right, let's, let's reverse the direction now. There are times when a pastor has to speak a, a word of correction or has to evaluate or criticize something uh, that's happening with his people or, or folks. In, how, how do you do that? Give us some guidance on how to do that well. All right, let me start with the easier one first. Uh, if you've got something perhaps taking place in your church, uh, there's an issue that you're facing, and, and there's not perhaps a face on it. Or maybe you have faces in your mind of, of folks who are uh, perhaps um, part of the problem, if you want to use that word. I always like to address it from the pulpit. Not names, maybe not even exact issues, but really close. And as you're preaching through the Bible, text-driven preaching, you're going to encounter a lot of the situations that people have as they go through life. And it's always very helpful if you're preaching through the text and all of a sudden there's an issue that, that you're facing or that you think you're going to face. I, there's, a, there's a prescriptive preaching, there's a preventative preaching. And uh, if you can be preventative, it's a whole lot better. Uh, but if you are, can address it from the pulpit where you're not singling out one person. I did this just this past week with an issue. And uh, just again, to shoot a shot over the bow. I, I've understood about this. Uh, let me tell you what the Bible says about this. It's right here in the text. God doesn't like this. God doesn't honor it. And uh, that, that's very helpful. The harder thing for me is the one-on-one. If there is a staff member, if there's a leader that you have to correct, that is a very hard thing to do. Now, and what I'm going to say right now is just practical. And so this is for those guys who perhaps have some other staff members. Now, if you're a smaller church pastor, maybe you have a leader in your church. Our, our, our churches, even the smallest of our churches, have godly leaders uh, that we can have right there by our side to help us. What I've always told my staff is they get mad at, say, the music minister. They get mad at the executive pastor. They get mad at one of the other ministers. They get upset with them because they've been confronted. They're not as likely to leave the church, get mad, and take their ball and run home as they are when I do it. And so what I always prefer, if there's an issue, uh, to a really personal issue with a church member or a leader, to have somebody else then where I can then be that next step if I had to. Uh, because, again, people get mad at the pastor, they're not staying. And then if they're not staying, you lose the opportunity to minister to them, to help them grow. I'm thinking of families in my mind right now where we just lost the ability to, to really help them really learn uh, because where there's repentance, there's growth. Uh, and, uh, but when it comes to the pastor's office, and it's a staff member, 
or it's a leader. I think you have to be loving. You have to assure them of your love, that you have to assure them that you've prayed about it, that you have their best interest in heart, and that what you really desire is to share with them what you've noticed, what you've seen, what the issue is, and then pray. Pray that the Holy Spirit of God speaks to their heart as they're listening. And what you'll find is that most of the time, at that moment, they're not. They're going to be hurt. They're going to be upset a lot of times. But if you'll leave the door open for the Holy Spirit to then begin to work in their life, I've seen them come back around. Okay. Brad, what, what sort of qualities do you look for in, in leaders you're going to add to your leadership team? Uh, integrity. <coughs> integrity, first and foremost. Um, one of the things that you cannot do ministry without is integrity. And so what I always say is when I'm looking to hire a new staff member or a leader in the church, I'm looking for integrity. I'm then looking for loyalty. And then I'm looking for ability. A lot of guys will flip that. I, I want the best. I want the, the hottest. And I, I had a talk with one of my friends here recently. And, uh, and I shared with him, I said, part of the problem is you're going for the hot shot. And uh, you end up getting all kinds of problems because he's, he's basically a leader out there. He's a lone ranger. And so what I'm looking for is integrity, a man of integrity, a person of integrity. Then number two, loyalty. Because without loyalty on a team, the team suffers great division and schism. And you cannot work together. Uh, you're pulling this way and somebody else is pulling this way. There has to be loyalty. And then there has to be ability. They have to be able to do their job. And I think part of the problems in a lot of our churches today is we call people who don't have the ability to do what we've called them to do. And then we get upset with them because they're not, for lack of a better way, they're not producing. They're not reaching people. They're not growing them. They're not mobilizing them. And so, but you start with integrity. Loyalty is an absolute must. But then there has to be the ability to do uh, the ministry that, that they've been called there to do. Um, what's the best leadership lesson you've learned from someone you have served under? Oh, yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a tough one. Um, there's a bunch of them uh, running around in my mind. Uh, Dr. Rogers, years ago, I, I was sitting on the front row of Bellevue Baptist Church in Memphis, and, and I asked him uh, basically that question. What would you say <clears throat> to a young pastor just getting started? And Dr. Rogers said, I would say, don't ever get excited, too excited. Don't ever get too excited in the days of harvest. And don't ever get too discouraged in the days of drought. I'm, I'm going to tell you, over my 20-something years now of ministry <clears throat> in the local church, uh, that, that has really sustained me. There's a lot of times where it, just the church is growing and the people being saved and you're baptizing. And, man, you think, you're, I mean, the next Billy Graham, look, Wow. And then you have those tough seasons. And if you're not careful, you'll, you'll, you'll get into this, this Elijah complex. And so don't ever get too excited in the days of harvest. Don't ever get too discouraged in the days of drought. But I think right there with it is, is this. In the local church as a pastor, everything rises and falls on relationships. Everything in your ministry uh, even spiritually, I mean, I can, I can put this spiritually, your relationship with God. Everything rises and falls on your relationships. Don't ever underestimate the importance of relationships. Mm -hmm. Brad, uh, across the years, I've, I've observed that 
every really good leader I've noticed is also a teacher for the people he leads. Have you, how have you incorporated that role in your leadership? Well, first of all, I, I believe you lead from the pulpit, and there's where your teaching comes in. You, you, you teach the Bible, and as you teach the Bible, again, <clears throat> if you're text-driven preaching, then what you're going to discover is that you're addressing the issues of life. You're addressing where people live, because that's what the Bible is. The Bible's the story of how God works in the lives of people, how he sent Jesus to redeem us. And so as you preach through the Bible, you're encountering all these issues. And so as you teach from the pulpit, in classes, whatever, you teach the Bible, then you're, you're equipping your people uh, to live life from the greatest manual uh, that we could ever hope to have, the Bible. And so that, that's, again, uh, you lead from the pulpit, but you also lead from the pulpit by teaching the Bible. We've been talking about preaching and leading the church today with Dr. Brad Whit, uh, pastor of Abilene Baptist Church in Augusta, Georgia. Brad, thanks for being with us on Preaching oh, Source. My pleasure. Thank you for letting me be here.